So should we do anything different for our bi-weekly thing now? Or should, I, I don't know. I think maybe we should get rid of the intro music. Welcome to another episode, edition, collection item. This is the Collector's Item Podcast of the Music Video Land Podcast, brought to you by your extremely super good friends, personal best buddies, at uh, uh, imvdb.com, the internet music video database, the, of course, one and only. Uh, my name is Adam Fairholm, uh, and with me uh, all through 2011 and 2012, and now into 2013, all the way from garbage on the street, capital of the world, New York City. Doug, how are you? Super good, Adam. Uh, doing 2013 style of super good, so it's a little bit different. It's got a little bit more zest. Uh, how are you? I'm good. 2012 just uh, feels so far away at this point. It's we're already. This is January 9th. Well, be, this podcast will be released on the 10th. We're 10 days in. I haven't written one check with 2012. I haven't written one check, period, but it's still a, a moral victory. And we're starting it with a boom uh, the, with the IMVDB Music Video Land podcast because our first guest of 2013 is a director we wanted to talk to for quite a while, and that is Mr. Declan Whitebloom, who has directed a lot of um, my favorites, and I know yours, Doug, over the last uh, over the last few months and, and, and year, including... Uh, one of the biggest videos from 2012, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together by uh, Taylor Swift, of course. And also um, uh, videos for Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen, Good Time, uh, Little Big Town Pontoon. Um, one Thing for One Direction doesn't really get any bigger than One Direction at this point, uh, as well as Mean for Taylor Swift. And videos for Sugarland Capra. Um, and the fray. So uh, it's really interesting to talk to to Declan. He spent a lot of time in the you know in, industry visual industry in general. He was a um, you know a production assistant, became an editor, and then moved on to directing music videos. And uh, we're going to ask him a little bit about uh, his history and uh, and and a, few, a little bit about his videos. He also spent some time in the window of a Sony store. He did spend some time in the window of a Sony store. We will ask him about that. Um, if you go to the show notes, and if you are new to IMVDB in the podcast, all you have to do is go to imvdb.com slash podcast, and you'll find all the episodes there, and we have links and stuff for what we talk about. And you will find a uh, link to a picture of Mr. Declan Whitebloom uh, sitting in or you know on a giant picture of him for Sony Store promotion. Um, and I think this is a first not only for, obviously, for directors we've talked to who have been in a Sony store display, obviously that's a first, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a glamour shot and in the background there's, you know, Taylor Swift, uh, I believe it's a still from we are never, ever getting back together. And it's nice to see directors being put up on kind of like a, not a pedestal, but be idealized in, in a little way to be like, 
here being a music video director is glamorous that's good to even see. any sort of recognition it doesn't even need to be idealized um just just let us know who they even are that's what i'm at hmm? uh, okay yeah that makes sense i i know it's good to let us know who they are but he's in a he's it's in an ad campaign um so it's it's neat uh we're gonna ask him about that as well so it's a great interview coming up in the second half of the show um but the uh one of the videos that declan white bloom directed was a video that we're both big fans of and that stuck like glue by sugarland and mm -hmm. i really was great, great big fans of it and uh i was never uh i didn't really know a lot about sugarland until i watched the video and then i i kind of listened to a few of their songs and i got into it and one of the reasons that i hadn't really known a lot or listened to them a lot is because they are a country music artist doug and i believe it's fair to say that you and i run in different circles than uh, the people or the circles we run in are not country music circles. Would you say that's accurate? Right. I run in few circles and, and of those few circles, um, none of them are yeah country music circles. Um, but uh, not to say that they're, that they're, that it's bad music. Country music is bad music. It's just, uh, it's just not my circle. I, I, there's a reason that um, you know my playlist and things like that are filled with you know like Purity Ring and and Grizzly Bear and things like that because a lot of the music videos that we you know pay attention to and and the other directors that we follow and things like that are are not doing country music videos and uh, one of the things that we want to concentrate on a little bit more in 2013 is looking at different musical genres and I think country music is. A, obviously a really massive genre out there in the U.S. and Canada. Those are the two main main markets for it. Um, but that's not the only markets. Not the only markets. It was popular every, everywhere, but U.S. and, and Canada are big ones. And, and they're big. The, the, the country music is big not only in, um, in, in a lot of senses, big in the number of country music videos that there are, big in the si size of the – the videos they're often very high budget big name directors associated with a lot of uh country music videos and uh so it's big in a lot of senses just a lot of big stuff and i i just want to say well first of all i i think i'm i just want to assert myself as the two of us i'm more of the expert here because i live in durham north carolina and while there's are there are a lot of people who are not from here that live here such as myself it is more of a southern. It is more of a southern place. There's more country music stations um, than yeah. Maybe but I lived in, in I lived in Tallahassee, Florida, which I think even beats Durham. So does it? I think so. Tallahassee. Um, a lot of country music there. Northern Florida. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. And and don't underestimate um, Parkland, Florida, which is where I originate. All right, there's a lot of horses around there. A lot of people who like country music despite the fact that they don't know much about that lifestyle they do enjoy the music so i've, I've i'm I, I i know people who are well versed so don't think i'm a complete novice here and, t and tune out okay so we should give you equal weight to to what we're both saying there yes okay um and so we wanted to talk a little bit about country music videos and uh and and we'll link to all these obviously in the in the show notes for for maybe our listeners who may not be as familiar and um i think one or, of, or if you are more familiar get it help us out yeah what, record a podcast record your own podcast send us the file and we'll just we'll just 
copy we'll it over we'll this. Clip it in. We'll clip it in. <laughs> so in country music, you have different like different uh, kind of constructs. I think that's interesting because those constructs uh, manifest themselves in the actual music video. Um, and you know, one of those that country music is really well known for is stories in songs. And you, you know what I'm talking about here, Doug? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of them. Just to go to simplify it a bit, like so a few more like cowboy boots and, and some easy ones that you can find in a lot of country music videos. Some more that you can just point at some physical elements, like you know anything that you you would think you would associate with like men in flannel and cowboy hats and and jeeps and and all that stuff is are also some constructs that can be found in country a lot of country music videos but there are thematic ones as well and that seems like what you're getting at right uh, yeah i think that you know a lot of the settings and things like that um you know not always obviously but in in general are more uh you know in the u.s south but um you know a lot of um, uh, country music more than i think any other genre will go through like a story that has like a beginning um you know a middle and an end it's it, you listen to the song not like you would you know another song where it's like you know a verse like kind of like a poem where you know it's images that but they aren't really um related in a narrative arc so when you go and make a video for this i think that factors really heavily and you end up video the first video i remember seeing like this um and i'm sure there's one before that it was just in, in my mind is the um goodbye earl by the dixie, dixie chicks do you remember this video Absolutely. Uh, I was laughing at you saying Dicky Chicks. I'm sorry. Did I say Dicky Chicks? <laughs> no, I didn't. Dixie. Put that, put, you put that in there? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll work it. So this one was, this is pretty, a pretty good example of a song. If you're not familiar with it, the song is about uh, this woman who is abused and uh, she uh, um, kills her husband. It's but it's a comedic song. It's not like you know uh, a dark song or anything like that. But in it, there's like a, there's like different characters. There's the wife's friend. I'm talking about in the song, and then there's like the the, the police that come and and they're and they're kind of clueless. So then basically, what you're getting in the video is a uh, represent like a like a um, them acting out the song. And this was a huge video. I mean, this and this played on MTV, not just um, country music television. This was like a very mainstream one because the Dixie Chicks are a crossover artist. Um, and you can find tons of examples of this uh, type of video all over country music. I think it's something that's really unique to the genre. Um, I, I, I do want to make a point because you, you bring up the idea of crossover artists. And I do think that there are very few artists that we're going to talk about right now who probably aren't considered crossover artists. I think pretty much every um, every artist that we could potentially mention, from Toby Keith to Billy Ray Cyrus to to Dolly Parton to the Dixie Chicks to you know more contemporary artists like Taylor Swift and um, and and Carrie Underwood, uh, they they all are kind of crossover artists in their own right. Um, I, I guess there are some more. Um, traditional country music artists, and maybe we're getting back into that whole construct thing, but um, some more country music artists out there that uh, maybe aren't so crossover-y and, and don't have as many pop music style songs and, and still have music videos, but I know even less about those those guys. How, how about yourself? That's true, and I think that um, you know, country music, rap is a different uh, kind of genre altogether with 
peak in the world of music videos because when rap was coming of age in like the late 80s and it was starting to become a known genre you know uh, MTV had already been around for close to a decade so the first like pioneers and the people who like we associate as like the first rappers um, popular rappers all had music videos so you know it's really ingrained into that music musical genre and you know for country music it's it's country music is you know as old as the u.s in some ways i mean it has its roots well not old as the u.s but it has its roots you know like the um you know in the south in like the early 1900s where obviously there was barely any like recording equipment some of you know when there was wax cylinders and things like that you were getting you know um some of the you know old country music musicians and things like that so so it's it's a it's a musical strain that goes back way longer than music videos so in a way it's it's much more similar to rock so you know the the videos i think that are that are popping up on like mtv are the ones that are popular online and people are watching just like in rock um and rap to an extent are those crossover artists that, yeah, I don't know if that I, made any sense. No, no, no. I think it made complete sense, and I, I completely agree. And that's the stuff that's popping up. I think, I, I think you made a great point. And another great. Thank point, you. A great point. A great point. Here's you. Uh, so so far, you you've gotten all the points this episode, which is pretty sweet. Um, make sure to trade them in at the end. Uh, For fun games and prizes. Games and prizes, exactly. Um, another great point. Hopefully, I get some games and prizes too with my point. Uh, is that. Uh, which goes back to kind of the, the, the crossover artists, the fact that a lot of the, the country music artists that we're seeing are crossover artists is these days, uh, everyone's kind of competing for the same audience. Back when, when music videos were, um, you know, in their heyday, or I don't know what the best terminology to use for that, but when music videos were cost the most money to make, um, the, the genres were, were, were a lot more def defined by what network they were played on. A lot of times rap was played obviously on BET, country music was played on CMT and, you know, just general pop music was played on MTV and VH1. And those genres were pretty, you know, defined based on the network they were played on. Now that everyone's kind of just competing for the same internet audience, um, those crossover artists are having a lot more success, it seems because you know, they, they are reaching more than just one particular group of people. And so it makes more sense that the people that we're talking about are, you know, the artists that are kind of reaching more than just the one particular country music audience, because we're not in that audience. That is true. And, you know, I think even in MTV's day, you could catch, you know, obviously rap videos and you could catch country music videos. So I think that that vein is continuing, but you're right. There isn't, you know, there isn't a country YouTube or and a rap YouTube and a pop YouTube. There is one YouTube, and you know, you know, there there is, you know, there's just content, and you know, definitely blogs segment that out a little bit. That's why you know when I go to Pitchfork, I know I'm I'm not probably not going to be reading a, a review of like the Carrie latest Carrie Underwood record. Um, I'm probably going to be reading, you know, a review of, you know, Grizzly Bear or something like that. Um, so in a way, I think that's, that's that's kind of the new segmentation that, you know, and, you know, BET versus CMT, 
made before but there's it's just a much bigger pipe so the crossover artists get i think much more exposure which is why i think you have a another taylor swift couldn't exist in the mid 90s but i think there's just a much more wider exposure for her in the in the world of the internet i wonder if country music is specific to that these days because although you're not going to see a lot of country music on pitchfork you are going to see a lot of kendrick lamar and um you know there is a a, a, a hip hop presence on Pitchfork and and a lot of the uh, you know pop and indie music blogs out there, um, especially compared to the presence of country music, which is is very limited to almost zero. Um, well, I think I think that it and I I love country music, and I just I want to dan- say this carefully, but I think that country music videos in particular and, and remember that a lot of these people running these blogs are our generation they're people who have the images of like the mid 90s mtv ingrained in their heads and i feel like a lot of uh country music has not aged as well in terms of the video um you know the you know uh big's videos still hold up i think now um notorious big notorious big excuse me they still hold up uh, now but uh, you know i think there's a little bit of a, a prejudice in the mind of a lot of people that say okay there's pop and um you know, there's, or there's indian rap and you know country is a different thing that's for people who you know who like country we're not going to mix those two but rap is part of the family of of cool stuff and yeah. I, think, I think MTV had a, a kind of a big part to do with that. And, you know, Doug, you and I, we before the show, we were passing around links and kind of laughing at a few old Billy Ray Cyrus videos. Because <laughs> And although there are a lot of really uh, pop videos that have aged, you know, really badly, I think there are there are a lot of country music videos that haven't, haven't that don't hold up to There's that. not a single country music video from the 90s that you can look at and say, oh, look how cool those guys are. <laughs> like, not a single one. Not a single one. I, I dare anyone to find me a country music video from the 90s and, and, and show me a single cool person. A single cool person who has cool hair, who has cool clothes, who has cool facial hair. Anything cool about a person in a country music video from the 90s and, and you'll get a, a, a IMVDB golf divot filler. So uh, <laughs> um, we have a surplus of those. Uh, Whole so. bags of them. Um, but... I think that's a little general, but I think that's uh, <laughs> a little we're generally the right. accurate. <laughs> now, once we got to the two thousands, I think oh, I think there maybe we could use the Chris Gaines as a mile marker if you're not familiar. Garth Brooks, just basically, it was maybe the, one of the biggest musical jumping the shark moments. And the story behind this is that they were. First they, of all, wait, I just want to mention they almost changed and I'm cutting. Cut they almost changed the phrase "jumping the char- a shark" to to jumping the Chris Gaines. <laughs> This is an official thing. It is in the, in ledgers. All right, continue. I'm sorry. So, um, Garth Brooks and the people who make movies were uh, developing developing a movie called The Lamb, and it would star Garth Brooks as a rock star, basically. And like it would be, I guess it would be a little Forrest Gumpy, where he'd be like kind of recalling different stuff from his life. So they developed this, and it was in development, and then. While they were doing that, Chris or uh, Garth Brooks, excuse me, um, decided to record this album 
uh, as Chris Gaines, the character from this movie, and then release it as Chris Gaines. And then it's sort of like a pre-soundtrack. Um, and needless to say, if you were around during that period, you re- it was you re- you realized nobody w- was going for this at all. People <laughs> just didn't understand what was going on. People were confused, crying, pulling their hair out in the streets. I, ba- I seem to remember him denying that he was Chris Gaines, but I think I'm I think I'm just that's a I want that to be the case. <laughs> that's probably not true. But let's pretend it it was. Well, he did appear on Saturday Night Live as Chris Gaines. He hosted he hosted as Garth Brooks. I think I remember watching that episode. And did he go, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Gaines, and then the camera panned, and then suddenly he like... I think so, yeah. Uh, I think, and, and he retired soon after that. But I think once you get to the 2000s, I think that's when... Uh, uh, um, country music Wait, really he... starts to make strides in music videos, and we've got a lot of fantastic country music videos coming out now. Thirteen years later, fourteen. Billy, years later. Billy Ray Cyrus himself has got a pretty decent one that just came out, directed by Michael Maxis and shot by Greg Imfram. That's that's a really great example because Billy Ray Cyrus is one of the worst offenders of having just unwatchable '90s music videos. And that that music video is really good. Um, yeah, it is. It's great, and it's and he's he's good in it as well. And it doesn't seem like somebody who's trying too hard or something like that. And it's it's beautiful as well. You know, and another artist who is you know a huge country music artist in in the like classic sense, Willie Nelson, in 2012 came out with several really really fantastic music videos. Just Breathe by Mac, Max Nichols. Um, you know, this one was picked up by a lot of, you know, music uh, blogs that pick up music videos um, that are good, um, you know, alongside, uh, um, you know, a lot of, you know, popular indie artists and things like that. They were talking about this Willie Nelson video because, um, you know, he got it with a great director, Max Nichols, and made a great video. So they, I think that, you know, if we could put a... You know, maybe we're coming up with a little bit of a, a timeline here. We're talking about, you know, 80s and 90s. We're maybe going to call that not as great as, you know, the decade of the 2000s. And now we're really starting to see, along with, you know, other genres, just really quality stuff coming out. Yeah, absolutely. In general, music videos, we I think, are getting um, better and uh, more creative and more interesting. And, um, yeah, country music videos are going right along there with it. So highlight your country music videos. Now, before we go into our interview, there's just one more that I want to talk about that is is specific, I think, to actually rap and country, and that is the novelty song. And I call them novelty songs, not as a derogatory term, but I think it's just a, a good classification. Um, you, like, you may put, uh, you know, Thrift Shop by Macklemore in, in that classification in, mm. in a certain way, because... I think it has a little bit of it, and I'm, again, I'm not using it in a derogatory way, but it has a like a novelty factor to it. But then, you know, uh, you know, country music is a genre that has just gone to the you know the novelty song and give it a huge bear hug, and so you have. And so, novelty that, songs in the middle between a, not to be confused with parody song, right? Oh it's yeah, because, exactly. Because a novelty song is like a song that's not about like a very serious subject or something like that, right? Right, and the good example is Toby Keith. Uh, red solo cup mm-hmm. which is an award-winning music video 
and uh, I know Doug, you're not a big fan of it, but it's a it's a my funny parents mu- are my parents love it. Okay, they love Red Solo Cups, but it's a funny music video, and you know they're throughout the 2000s there have been tons of these like um she thinks my tractor's sexy and uh and and other ones like that but you know the, the country music genre likes likes that and that's uh, those videos are popular and those songs are very popular that red solo cup was a huge video and a huge huge music uh song mm-hmm. achy breaky heart i don't think that was a novelty song no i know i just wanted to make sure to get that one mentioned in this episode somehow so there you have it. We, that's that's we're we're getting into j- different genres. I think uh, it's an, it's important to remember that music videos, all genres. We're we're talking from rock to indie to K-pop to rap to to whatever else is in there. Oh, we'll get them all. Dubstep, chips, chip, chip bits. Um, yeah. So but if, na- if you if you're not a fan of country music, um, you, you you might have not liked this segment and if you are a fan of country music you definitely didn't like this segment because we don't know what we're talking about um but but, uh thanks thanks and sorry but now we're coming to the segment that you everyone will like because we're talking to a really awesome music video director declan whitebloom and declan is making music videos kind of at you know he's at to me, he's at like Romain Gavris level, where he's making really kind of big marquee music videos, um, ones that are premiering like simultaneously at a certain time on you know MTV, CMT, and you know and other uh, venues simultaneously. They're being played in Times Square. And They're literally playing on marquees. Literally playing on marquees. That's where we get the term marquee music video maker. So we're really excited to talk to him. Um, uh, as you will soon find out, he's from uh, from England and has been making a lot of fantastic music videos for Taylor Swift, Little Big Town, The Fray, One Direction, uh, Sugarland, and more. So definitely check out his work. Um, you'll find a link to his IMVDB page with his whole videography in there. Um, and here's our interview with uh, director Declan Whitebloom. I'm Declan Whitebloom. I am a director. I direct music videos and some other things. I started out um, at the lowest level. I was a PA and then moved into the art department before I got fed up of carrying furniture around and then realised it was far easier to go into editorial where you currently carry tapes around or you used to carry tapes around. And, uh, And then I moved into assistant editing up through into editing and then eventually directing. And here I am today. And you know when you when you started out, you were you working on music videos, being a production assistant, or were you working on other productions? Um, I worked on my first job ever in America. As you can tell, I'm not American. I'm from England. Uh, my first job ever was on a uh, Sherman Williams paint commercial as a uh, as a PA. Actually, even better than that, I was uh, the craft service person. I didn't know what craft service was. And so they gave me all this stuff to put on this table, and I did the worst job ever. I think I won the award for worst craft service table ever. And so I'm, I cling to that as, as my highest ever accolade. Um, and then I just went moved through TV. I worked from on Tales from the Crypt, um, worked from, i.e. fired from. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I generally worked at a lot of, a lot of different 
um, productions hardly ever on music videos, uh, usually commercials and TV and uh, and stuff like that. And, and most directors that we we talk to who who have PA, they kind of discourage uh, would be directors from doing it because they they say they don't get much um, real real experience doing it. Do, do you kind of agree with that, or or did you get get anything valuable from your time as a PA? Oh no, I I would I would strongly disagree with that. I would say it's a, a an incredibly valuable lesson because you don't know what everyone does until you see it from the bottom. I think you have this kind of glorified view of what it takes to do these people's jobs. Even though I was only a PA in, in, in the art department, I know now how hard those fuckers work, and. Um, I have an understanding and appreciation of them. So maybe you don't learn a lot about, you know, like where to put the camera, but you learn about the process, the larger process, which I think can only be a, a benefit. Now, when you started working with uh, music videos, I believe you, you started it in the uh, editing them, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I, um, I started editing. My first video I think I edited was um, for Oasis, for, um, God, I'm not even going to, don't look back in anger. They, they made the video in England. Uh, I mean, they shot the video here. Nigel Dick directed it. He uh, shot it and they were looking, they were talking about shooting a different version for the US because Oasis were just breaking here at the time. And I said, I was at that time, I was like a post supervisor uh, and I knew Nigel, I'd post supervise a lot of jobs for him. And I said, you know, let me have a crack at editing it because I had the editing background and I'll see if I can come up with something so you don't have to shoot and they don't have to pay for a new video. And I, and I did the, the classic boxes, you know, the, the split screen, multiple split screens on it. And, uh, and that was it. And we were off and running. And when you made that, that transition into, because I know you've, you've edited many, many music videos, uh, what was uh, the impetus to, to move from editing into your, your current directing position? Um, well, you know what? Um, people don't want to have sex with people who come from dark rooms. Um, <laughs> so I, no, no, no. Um, well, actually, that is partly true. Um, but it's not a very sexy job, is it, editing? Whereas directing is a very sexy job. And so, you know, you want to be sexy, you know, you're a DP or you're a director. Or, no, in all seriousness, I, the transition came. I used to edit a lot of stuff for Disney. They would phone me up and they'd say, okay, we've got this movie coming out, uh, Freaky Friday, and we, we want to shoot something uh, to tie it into, you know, a video that ties into the movie. And I would, tell, I would, you know, sort of say, well, you could shoot this and this and, and, and then you could make this. And they said, well, that's great. Well, why don't you do it? And so I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll do that. And so I started out doing these kind of videos for Disney for a man called Glenn Lejewski, a lovely guy, um, and doing videos for band uh, from soundtracks. Um, and so I got started there and, and, uh, and, uh, and you know, that was, that was my beginning. Now, speaking of uh, sexy jobs, you are the first, well, person in general, uh, as well as director we've talked to that has been in a store window display, um, uh, talking about the Sony Love to Give holiday campaign, which you, yeah. you posted a few pictures to Instagram and Twitter, and um, we thought it was really interesting because, you know, you're 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 there and it, you, you have the t picture of Taylor Swift in the, in the background. I think it's, it's great to see music video directors kind of 
used in ads in that way. And I was, we were wondering how odd is it to see your your face in a store window display? It, it's pretty odd. It is pretty odd. And when people come up to me and say, they look at me, even people who, who don't know me, they're like, are you famous? I'm like, no. They said, <laughs> why is your picture in the Sony store? And so all, it got very strange, actually, to be honest. It's kind of great, you know, to, to taste a little bit of that because, you know, it's always... Always, you know, you look at the artist and they, they all live this kind of glamorous life. And, and when I went off and did this shoot, it was like being the talent for a change. I went to New York and and I was the last on set and I was the first to leave. And, you know, I had makeup done and hair and, and it was kind of awesome. I can see why people get into it. Um, but it, it was a kind of strange transition, but it was, it was great. It was great to do. And the lovely people at Sony were very kind and, and why I did it. Uh, which you probably don't know, is that they are giving a certain amount of Sony products in my name to a charity of my choice. Because that's the whole thing, love to give. So to give Sony products. So what I said was I found this children's home, uh, which is in the San Fernando Valley, called the McKinley Children's Centre. And I persuaded Sony. Well, they didn't need much persuading. They were very into the idea, actually. Um, I said... um, we could start, we could give all these kids, these disadvantaged kids, some video cameras and some computers and editing uh, equipment, all Sony, and we could start a little music video lab over there at this high school. And so that's what we're doing. Sony bought, loved that idea. And so I'm, I'm setting up a little course and I talk to people, friends of mine from record labels and, uh, and different people who are in the business, and they all seem to really want to participate in this. So I'm hoping to, uh, in the next month or so, you know, uh, start this course and teach these kids about making a video and and get bands from real labels to to come and be in these videos shot by these these kids at this children's home. Is that is that a high school you say in Los Angeles? It's it's like yeah, it's out. You know, it's kind of off down the two ten in Los Angeles. Um, it's you know about 30, 30 minutes out of town, um, but it's 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 more it's a high school, but it's a high school for the kids who get who are kicked out of their high school. It's for troubled kids uh, with issues, and you know they even have like about uh, sixty kids actually live there, you know, because they've been abused one way or the other. It breaks your heart. I went over there and I met some of these kids, and and it's like it's a tough it's a tough place. Um, but it re- I used to be a teacher in my former life. Um, that's what I qualified for uh, with my degree um, and so it always appealed to me to try and give back and so why I did the Sony thing was really that they were going to give us you know thousands of dollars to to give to somebody and rather than give it to you know one of my rich friends I'd you know give it to some kids who really need it and, and so you're actually going to um, kind of take part in, in kind of teaching the kids and stuff as well you're going to go out to the school and and yeah. and be one-on-one with them that's really great I'm going to mentor them. I'm going to I'm going to go there and I'm going to teach. You know, like I'll play a song, I'll give them a talk, play a song, and set them a task of coming up with an idea for the video, and then go back once they've done this, and then move on to the next stage, and then go through all the way through the process. If one of them can glean enough information or is excited enough to get involved and to um, you know find a career out of this, God, how worthwhile is that? Absolutely, Definitely, yeah. And, um, you know, on, on the, the Sony track, um, I know that, you know, you're, uh, you know, using these cameras for this project that's coming up and you've also used, I think on the, the Taylor Swift, we are never, ever getting back together. You used the, I think it's Sony F 
F sixty F sixty five yeah, um, and uh, I believe that was was that one of the four, first videos shot in four K resolution. Yeah, like uh, yeah, it was the first video shot in four K. Um, I think you would have a lot of the other camera manufacturers. You know, Red have been saying they've been doing four K, and I'm not the diff. I'm not sure what the difference is between that and the Sony four K. Uh, but it was a great camera. It was. I, I have to. You know, and everyone was very impressed. I, I worked with Paul Lawfer who shot that video for me, um, who is a legendary cinematographer, you know, shot loads of stuff for Tar Sim and, and shot all this, you know, his resume is just crazy. He even shot The Cell, the movie, the, the, the Cell that Tar Sim directed. And he came and did it with me. And he really liked the camera, as did the Steadicam guy, this guy called Gustavo. Um, and it, you know, it really worked out very well. The, the, the workflow and everything was, was pretty great. And I wanted to talk a little bit about you know your work for Taylor Swift uh, uh, because you directed the th three music videos for her now, and this is sort of music video making on like a, a really big marquee level. These are videos that you know don't just premiere online. I mean they're premiered on you know network television at a very certain time, which is you know rare nowadays in right. music videos. And I was wondering how how did that relationship uh, start with Taylor Swift? Um, it was it, it was. It was an interesting one, actually, because I directed a video for a band called Sugarland, who were a, a country uh, music outfit. Lovely, lovely people. And it was like kind of really out there and kind of comedy and stuff. And Taylor saw it and put me up for uh, directing the video for Mean. And for some reason, you know, I got it. And she called me and we had a chat and we got on well and um, I got the job. So it was... And then after that, you know, we just have, we, you know, we have a, a kind of good connection. Uh, I get on well with her and I'm not, you know, there's other people who've done repeat business with her and I'm sure they'll say the same thing. But um, it's, it's great to work with her because, you know, she does have a, a, some more resources to put into a project. So an idea like the last one, we're never, ever getting back together. Um, when she embraces an idea, we just go ahead and do it. And whatever makes it better makes it better. And there isn't so much of the, you know, um, the constrictions that you get with pretty much everybody else. I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, like uh, uh, the other top artists, but Taylor really embraces, you know, what she can get out of videos and is really just so involved, uh, as I'm sure other directors would testify to, that um, I find the collaboration really kind of great. I really like her. And that's the, that's the Sugarland video is Stuck Like Glue, correct? Stuff like glue, yeah. It's kind of where the lead uh, singer, where the girl uh, plays a stalker, stalking this guy and eventually kidnaps him. Um, but done in a kind of very comedic way. And uh, and that's great because that's I, we I, we we really love that video. That's 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 funny that that relationship came from from that. Yeah, because um, she's a little deviant, Taylor. Uh, even though she looks, and she is like you know the perfect girl. She's actually got she's incredibly funny and has a a real, uh, a real wit, a real dark sense of humour, which I share. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do, I, I say terrible things to her. <laughs> she thinks it's really funny. So I, uh, so I guess she calls. Maybe she won't after it if she ever hears this. Well, she has one of the best quotes, one of my favourite quotes about uh, uh, the We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together video, which is um, somebody asked, the why did you put furries in your video? And she said, there's really no reason. Nobody knows why there are people dressed as animals in my bedroom. Um, 
and you know, I read that 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 video concept was a collaboration between uh, you and her. Uh, where where do elements like that come from for for a video like that? Because I think it really works really well. Um, I I did too, and the idea was was pretty much mine. I, what I like to do is I send her a number of ideas, you know, just a few paragraphs, and if one gets her going, then she'll say. Yeah, that's great. What if we do this? And so I'll incorporate her her ideas into it. Um, and like the furries, where did the furries come from? That's a good question. I think <laughs> I've actually, I sent her a picture and um, it, I think it might have been in reference to wallpaper or something. And there happened to be someone dressed in an animal costume in front of it. And she was like, oh, I love, you know, she, I didn't say that it was for the wallpaper. I just sent her a post. She goes, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So I was like, all right, let's do that. Wallpaper does feature very heavily in that video. Yeah, the, my cable knit wallpaper. In fact, I just had an email from a girl in England who works for a knitting show. And she said, where did you get that wallpaper? And I, I had to confess that it's actually paper. You know, it's just, a, it's like a copy that we had, we had a, 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 um, a company here who will put anything on, on the wall, on wallpaper. And we had them make it up of that uh, knitted wallpaper. But the rest of the room is all like yarn bombed. And, uh, and uh, Megan, the production designer, I tortured her with making her wrap everything with all this wool. And she had knitters round the clock and it was crazy. Um, and another thing we're curious about this video, Adam mentioned that it premiered on television, and, and uh, this this kind of goes back to the fact that you were also featured in the in the windows of many Sony stores. Um, is is uh, the Taylor Swift video? Uh, we are never ever getting back together. Seems to uh, turn up in a lot of public places. I, I walked out of a store in Times Square the other day, and I saw it on a large screen in the middle of the street. I, I'm just curious: Are you kind of told when your video is going to be played in in these? strange and, and unusual locations or is it kind of just as surprising to you when you kind of see it in a place like that um well with taylor you know everything's going to get a lot of airplay but they do like to do these big premieres and so for that video it did play in times square and i was actually thinking of going because i thought that's kind of cool uh but i didn't end up going but she was there at mtv i think she they did a live a live like telecast well it's, it's such a big deal and with Taylor being the person she is um, and the song being so incredibly catchy that uh, we knew it was going to kind of blow up. And so um, I'm not surprised at all when I see it places. It's, it's not, you know, like, um, and having that many parodies on the internet. That I saw a really funny one, which was basically Breaking Bad, like two people <laughs> there with the characters from Breaking Bad. You should watch, and they tried to do it in one shot as well. They didn't manage to actually do it, whereas we did. But um, that's a pretty funny video. And you know, moving on to you know, a, a, you know, other artists you've worked with, you know, like uh, One Direction or Al City and, and Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, yeah. th these are all artists which I would imagine have, uh, you know, people that are you know tasked with their you know sole job is you know styling someone, especially someone like Taylor Swift, that uh, you know her styling and her fashion factor in really heavily. I wonder at what point in in you know videos where that's a factor does um do you collaborate with with people who who style these artists? Is that ever a factor? Yeah, well, I'm always the I always collaborate with them. I you know with a, a guy called Joseph is Taylor's stylist, and he's a fantastic collaborator. And 
you know, he even came when we were building the sets to see what everything would look like to work with the color scheme. He's he's great like that. And I, I will be involved in every single aspect I can get involved with. You know, and some people would say too much, but I you know I think it's my job to obsess about the details, to obsess about that stuff. And so I will if you give me an inch, I'll take a mile. I will be there and be as involved as I can. And I'd be very upset when the uh, stylist isn't as welcoming as uh, uh, as they as they could be, you know, because I think we're all making this together. And what's the point in not being welcoming, I mean, even though it does happen? You know, I've had occasion and I'm not going to name any names where people, for some reason, like to, you know, keep stuff, hide stuff. I think we're, we're all doing this together. Um, and we should all, you know, throw our hats in the ring and see what's up, you know, uh, to make the best the best product possible. And does that come into play with, you know, especially with the, the Taylor Swift mean video where, you know, that image of her on the train tracks was used for, you know, the, the single cover and that, you know, image was used in, in various other places. Um, uh, is, is that a collaboration with the people who are doing her, you know, her cover art and, and things like that? Well, it's not necessarily a collaboration. I think a lot of the times when you see, um, when you get a song to write on, they'll send you the album packaging or CD packaging or the single packaging hmm. and you see, and that will be the inspiration. And so when I saw that from Taylor's, because her single packaging came first, I was like, I based the whole rest of the video on that image. And so I, because it felt, you know, and... and and, and it just extrapolated out into this whole stage kind of performance uh, and like a theatrical, because that is a very theatrical image with her tied up on the rail track. We even got the same dress as she had there. Um, and so we just did it in our own slight way. So that was a more, less collaboration, more inspiration from that. So you don't normally get to collaborate with the whole branding, if you like. Um, but maybe that, maybe we should, maybe that would be a good thing more integral in the process couldn't couldn't hurt could it uh I, I wanted to go back to that that sugarland stuck like glue video because you brought it up and and we love it so much at the site i'm just curious um is there much coaching involved um through the performance from um, jennifer from sugarland are you kind of kind of having to give her like com teacher comic timing and that kind of thing or is she kind of come prepared and ready with that stuff um, she you you kind of you can't really teach that to people um, well, you can, but I think it would take a lot longer than the one day that we did. You know, you'd have to spend quite a lot of time and coaching. She she was a complete natural. Yeah, sure, I'd say do this faster, do that slower, go bigger with this or smaller with this. But she's a nut, you know, and you, you need to be a nut to do that kind of role. And she just went for it and brought so much to it. Whereas other people I've worked with, you really have to elicit those performances from you know generally people who have less experience uh, or are younger um they need a bit more coaching and that's you know arguably the most important part of my job is to get the right performance it's not necessarily about with music videos i think the director you know <clears throat> excuse me it's all about sculpting the overall process you're involved intimately in the lighting set design costumes everything whereas maybe on a feature or a TV show, the director is more focused on the performances. So that's why I think in music videos, it can be so much more rewarding than uh, doing commercials, say, because commercials, you get the script, you shoot the script, you are involved in a lot of decisions, but it's not your ultimate vision. 
Whereas in music videos, you really you own it. You know, it's your idea generally, um, and every single decision all the way along is yours. And so um, you have an overview. And if you're into that kind of thing, which I am, uh, you do everything. And then working with the performances is just another part of that. And on the topic of performances, uh, you know, I was wondering about, uh, you know, in some of the videos that you've directed, there is kind of like a party atmosphere, I guess is one way to put it. It's like I'm thinking of like the pontoon uh, little right. big town or the little big da- town pontoon video or the the good time Al City Carly Ray Jepsen video. People um, love a party. I tell you, people love those parties. <laughs> I just can't stop them. You know, I was just going to shoot this thing on a boat, and they just started going nuts. What can I tell you? And and you know, on a set like that, would you have you know? Because I, I I've heard that sometimes you know music video sets can be because there are budget constraints and there are time constraints. They can be some sometimes situation. Uh, uh, stressful situations. How do you, as a director, keep a, a set like that so a video like that comes off as you know, like everybody actually having a good time? Um, well, I think it comes from you uh, essentially as the director. I think if you're fun and you make it fun, it will be fun. Like I like to have a very relaxed kind of set. I don't like things being uptight. I don't like a, you know shouting. I don't go a bundle. You know, if things go wrong, of course. You know, if someone's not doing what they should, you know, you have a word with them, but there's no need to be a dick about it, you know. And so I think if you instill that in the artist, in the crew, you know, that vibe comes across. People believe you and 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 that's how you do it. You know, you play the music loud, you go up and you you, you whisper in people's ears, you know, you, you kind of give them the time. You, uh, uh, you know, you give them your sort of, so they know that, you care about what they're doing and that you're invested in it and you want, you're on their team. And that's a great way to get the best out of people is to, is to, you know, to, to take the time to talk to them and treat them nicely. Cause it's, it's really hard having just done that Sony thing to be on the other side of the camera and to have everyone looking at you and you're really nervous no matter who you are. And so if you can make the atmosphere relaxed and fun, you'll get so much more out of people. And I was also wondering, since you have directed, you know, a lot of really high-profile music videos, um, what the, uh, the what the budget side looks like right now for music videos like that. This is a topic that frequently come comes up in terms of, you know, where budgets are now that where they were 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Um, is there, you know, from your experience, you know, editing and you know working in production, is there is there much smaller budgets now, or are they starting to go up a little bit? Um, budgets, from the heyday, like 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot of money in videos. A lot of people did very well, including myself, and it was great. Um, and then the bottom fell out of the market, as you well know, and and things scaled back. I, I couldn't say, not really dealing with the money, whether we, we're creeping back up. It does seem that the record companies can monetize things now. You know, with hits on YouTube, they are actually making money mm-hmm. with videos for the first time. Um, and I don't know whether any of that actually comes back to increase budgets. But it does seem when you work with the bigger artists that they have more money. Um, it's never what it was. And I'm never, I don't, and I don't think it will ever get back to what it was. Um, but, you know, you make it work, whatever it is. You know, whether you're doing a video for 
you know, from 50 to 500 grand. You know, it, it, there's always, you've never got enough to do the idea, but you always make it work somehow. Declan is putting together with Sony sounds really, really neat. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, reminds me a little bit of OMG just slightly. That's right. OMG Cameras Everywhere, which we've talked extensively about on this sh- on this show, is younger students, much younger. They're, they're kids. They're, what age are they, Doug? You've been at the camp. Uh, and they're, they're like uh, around, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, around that age. Right, and Declan is talking about working with high school students, which I think, think is, is really uh great and also you know high school students that don't have wouldn't have access to uh you know equipment and you know all that stuff so that, that's that's really fantastic i remember when i was in we were both in high school you know we were really into you know m- using cameras and making movies and things like that and uh and whenever you hear about stuff like that that's great so we'll yeah. definitely be following declan's program uh, we'll get information as he does it and we'll we'll promote it on the site yeah, you can never talk about that type of stuff enough, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially when it has to do with music videos, because that's all we talk about. So when it's cool things like that, yeah, of the giving back variety, we like to um, talk about it lots of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also like to talk a lot about our picks of the two weeks. Mm, picks of the two weeks. That's that's nice. That's sweet that you did that. We, I, we, I need, to, we're, we need to work. We may need I to think work it's on so that. called Picks of the Week. They're, okay, Picks of the Week. All right. It's just for this week because the last week they're not for her. So uh, who's going first? I've got mine ready and raring, uh, and mine sticks with the country music theme of this episode. Is yours? Oh, mine does. Mm. Uh, a little bit. Um, Taylor Swift is still considered country music, right? She is for sh- for Shigadale. Um, hmm, okay, I'm gonna write that one down. Uh, down for Shigadale, <laughs> or or that Taylor Swift counts as a country music artist. So, uh, uh, so she she de- definitely does. So this was this was uh, this is a music video from October 2012, and I wanted to bring it up again. And I know it's 2013. I should be picking something that's brand new, but um, you know, we talked to Declan, and I, and I was looking through Taylor Swift's videography a little bit more and this one i think kind of slipped through the cracks and i don't think it, it should have and and uh because it's a really uh well done music video and that's begin again by taylor swift uh doug did you catch this one i, l- I love it uh okay that's a lie but um it this came so this came out on october 24th and is directed by mr philip um andelman and it features you know uh, one thing I think Taylor Swift does really well, I think, is her strength more than her kind of like mean and and the, and uh, we're never ever getting back together stuff, which is good. I think she does ballads really well, and uh, this is a ballad. And the music video is uh, has two really big strengths. Number one, I think that Taylor Swift is uh, does a good acting job in it, which is also nice, always nice to see in a music video. It's also shot really beautifully. Um, it takes place in Paris, and a lot of the, the scenes are, are outdoors, and um, it's just a really beautiful music video. And Taylor Swift looks really good in it, um, in a uh, classy sort of way. But I just there's there's two sides to this music video. There is a side that is it's 
it's a really well done music video. The song is, is, is really nice and the two go well together. And then there's a little bit of the manipulative side to this because the whole scene that's happening in this music video is basically like every high school, middle school girl's uh, like fantasy dream. She's alone in Paris. She's, um, you know, and you know, sitting in cafes, drawing on little, you know, little, little notebooks and stuff like that. She's completely on her, her own, autonomous. She's wearing what looks like very expensive clothing, and you know, she meets a you know, gorgeous guy who doesn't look French at all, because um, that would just break the whole experience. And um, and it's and it, it is just sort of a. a, a if, if there was ever an example of a music video that was plays to its audience so much to tell them like here is like if you could do anything in the world like you would definitely want to be in this situation um, I think it's this music video and it does that at the same time um, while doing all these other things uh, very well so I, and it, it popped up and, and you know people wrote about it in blogs and things like that but it, it disappeared and, and it seemed like an instant so I wanted to bring it back up again that is Begin Again by Taylor Swift, directed by Philip Andelman. Great pick. Thanks. That's a great pick. Um, my pick of the week mm-hmm. is by a lady named Dolly Parton. <laughs> and um, the song is called I'm Gone. This song comes off of Dolly Parton's 2002 album, Halos and Horns, which I'm sure is on my coffee every, right here. everyone's shelf. We've all got this. Um, this music video directed by Sophie Mueller. Um, I, I don't understand why everyone doesn't know about this music video because it is amazing. Um, uh, I think it probably took them maybe 11 to 15 minutes to shoot it. Um, and that is, uh, and and at least at least eight of those minutes were just Dolly Parton changing outfits. Because um, she's in several, but basically she's just shot in front of a green screen. She's performing this song in a few different ways. She's dancing around. Um, her, her breasts are enormous. I don't, I mean, everyone knows that, but like, if there are some shots where it just looks, just unhealthy, and and um, she's spinning around and dancing and singing songs. The song is actually pretty catchy. It's more folky than country music, and and I, I it's not bad. She says witness program at one point, and I like it's very it's a very catchy moment to me. That moment catches me. A uh, few other elements in this video that uh, make very little sense, maybe a little sense, s- slight amount of sense, these moments um, include uh, an, uh, a spaceship uh, sucking up her bones into the spaceship, uh, a man who is dressed in the FBI out clothes, um, which just means a, a black suit and an ID that says FBI, uh, a, a young boy spinning around in cowboy hat and, and black clothing just spinning spinning around dancing and um and then and, and, and like 150 different dolly partons um just in different locations some small some big just kind of shoved in there chroma chroma style just shoved shoved in locations as they dance sometimes the camera zooms in and out uh seriously 15 15 minutes tops this video took 
um, directed by Sophie Mueller's phone, uh, <laughs> uh, Dolly Parton, I'm Gone. Uh, check this one out. You will love it. Doug Clicker Pick of the Week. My, you didn't mention the aliens pillow fighting. Oh, they're pillow fighting, right. I, I, that's right. They're, that also happens. Sorry. Uh, I didn't want to ruin the surprise. Well, I think that's that's it for this episode. We should mention that um, we are we are now moving the podcast to once every two weeks. Sorry, I'm sorry, but that the reason for that is because uh, we have had a lot of success with Doug's video chat series on the blog. That is um, a uh, been a really really popular feature, and uh, we're a small team, so we're moving resources a little bit, and uh, we're using the time gained from uh, podcasts take a, a lot of time, a lot of hours, so we're just moving that over to other content. So um, you're still going to get a lot more uh, interviews with directors, and I think that uh, we can get still we get a lot a lot of insight from the video chats and also cinematographer profiles. So if you don't know where those are, that's at imvdb.com slash blog. Um, one thing that I really like to do if you if you don't check like blogs every day, obviously we have the RSS, but you can get uh, digest emails. If you go in the sidebar, it says get imvdb blog digest emails. Then every day, like 9 Eastern-ish, um, it'll just send you a, an email with all the content from that day, which is a nice way to relax with your favorite hard alcohol, hard liquor, and uh, and read what uh, we've posted during the day. It's 9 a.m., so whatever's left of your hard liquor, if you're anything like Adam and I. Oh, Jesus. It's a joke, like, but it's anything, so true. Anything like me and Adam. Oh, boy. Anything I like went this. to the BCS championship game. I, I had to do some drinking after that. A lot of drinking before it, too. Yeah, I tried to I tried to keep I I I didn't I definitely didn't want to be hung over for the game. That's what wasn't one of my big things. And one of my the buds I went to with brought a bottle of tequila to tailgate. One of the buds. Um, yeah, a group of merry buds. <laughs> it's the best kind. It's the best kind. Well, then we will see you in another two weeks here on Music Video Land uh, uh, with your bud with your buds. Your buds. Tuck it at them. See you next week. Liked back your comment. Oh, he did?